Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Amen. Good morning, church. I'm Pastor Maribel. I don't know if I've had the opportunity to meet all of you at some point, but I am so excited that I get to bring the word today. Um, I usually get to lead worship every, every Sunday. I'm the worship pastor here at Thrive. How many love their church? Come on, how many love your church? We have an amazing church, and I got to brag about my team. We have an amazing worship team. Um, how many appreciate that ministry? Every week. Yes, come on. Every week, um, our job, not our job, but our desire is to create a moment for you to meet with Jesus. Because let's be honest, we walk, we drive to church, we walk in, and sometimes we're not fully ready. And we need to be in God's presence so that he can prepare our hearts and our minds for what he wants to speak to us. And so Sunday after Sunday, I am so proud of our team that is able to, to provide that every single week. To just allow the presence of God to move in this place so that you can encounter him. And so it's my honor and privilege to lead such an amazing team. Um, but I get to preach today. So are you guys ready? All right. We've been in, in Joshua, the book of Joshua. Haven't you been blessed by all the, the series that we've been bringing week after week? It's been a really powerful series. And uh, it, it's been impacting, and, and I believe that it's been changing our life this entire year. Uh, but today I'm going to preach on Joshua chapter 13. So if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and start looking for that. But today's title is, We're Not Done Yet. Can you look at your neighbor and say, you're not done yet? Come on, look the other way and say, you're not done yet. See, as children of God, as believers, as Christians, we're never done. If we have breath, we have purpose. If we have life, we have purpose. God has created us to walk in his purpose. But have you ever noticed how much easier it is to start something than to actually finish it? Come on, any volunteers want to say, yes, I know, I know what you're talking about. Don't look at your husband, women. I know the project has been on hold for like a year. Be patient, love them, make them coffee, and encourage them to keep moving. Amen. Amen. All right. That's, that was, I was trying to help you out, husbands. But anyway, it actually feels like it's our human nature. Just you start something and then you just like, you lose interest. You start something and then you lose interest. But we're not going to talk about diets. That's what I'm not talking about that today. We're in July. That's January. Amen. But in our walk with Jesus, see, there's things in life that maybe it's, it's not too crazy for you to start something and not finish it. It's not that important. But can I tell you that in, with our walk with Jesus, our walk with the Lord, we really need to persevere. We can't afford to start and and not keep going. We can't afford to quit. There's too much at stake. There's too much at stake. I'm talking about eternity. I'm talking about promises and purpose. And I'm talking about blessings. There's too much at stake for us to just stop. We weren't meant to get stuck. We were meant to move. Amen. So I'm going to start with Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36. And the word of God says you need to what? Persevere. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You need to what? Persevere. 
All right, we got a little bit of energy. I think, I'm not sure we ate breakfast. You need to. You need to persevere. You need to keep going. We're not done yet. Charles Spurgeon has a little quote, and it says, By perseverance, the snail reached the ark. I don't know if you ever thought about that. Who thinks about a snail reaching the ark? But somehow, they're here today, so they must have made it into the ark. We got to learn to persevere. We got to learn to keep going. Amen? So in chapter 13 of Joshua, this is kind of the part where we all stop reading because the words get a little complicated and you just don't know how to pronounce them. And you're like, okay, it's not as interesting as God opening up the waters and it's not as interesting as the walls tumbling down. Those are the first couple chapters and the first six, seven chapters of Joshua. Nobody makes it to chapter 13, but those of us that have persevered, we know that perseverance is important. Come on. We got to persevere. So the second half of the book starts in chapter 13. And God speaks to Joshua. In a way that we all love God speaking to us. God is honest. God speaks with truth. And he's real with us. How many appreciate that about God? Amen. So Joshua chapter 13. Let's read verse 1. All the way to verse 6. We're going to skip around a little bit. It says, when Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, this is awesome. You are now very old. This is awesome. And there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. This is a land that remains. All the regions of the Philistines and the Geshurites, from the Shire River to the east of the Egypt, to the territory of Ekron on the north, all of it counted as Canaanite, though held by the five Philistine rulers in Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, the territories of the Avites. As for all the inhabitants of the mountain regions from Lebanon to Mesrothoth, Maim, that is, all the Sidonians, I myself will drive them out before the Israelites. Be sure to allocate this land to Israel for an inheritance as I have instructed you. After all those names, I need some water. <laughs> those are good baby names, by the way. God introduces a new plan to Joshua. How many like new plans? Not to, not to quit on the last one, okay? But to actually persevere and move forward. God tells Joshua something that he didn't want to hear because after 500 years, the promise is finally landing in their hands. They finally get to inherit what God had promised. And the first thing that God tells Joshua is, you are old. I'm sure Joshua woke up that morning. He's like, God's going to speak to me. I'm ready. Lord, whatever you want to say, here I am, God. You can have it all. And God says, good, because you're old. Not just old, but you're very old. Okay, Jesus, what are you trying to speak to me? Hey, somebody's got to be real with us. There's times in our life where we don't want people to be real with us. So we, we make sure we don't spend time in our prayer closet because I already know what God has to say, so I'm not even going to go there. So I'm just going to call the friends that I know are going to be okay with my decision. I'm going to call them because... It makes me feel like it's justified. 
So I'm going to call those people. I'm not going to call the people on my other list where all the spiritual people and the people that actually give me the good advice. Okay, we're going to move forward. God is honest. He's truthful. He's not a God that lies. See, hearing it and knowing it are two different things. Have you ever known something and it doesn't really bother you, but then someone actually says it out loud and you're like, whew. It hits you in a different way. I just celebrated a birthday a couple weeks ago. And every year is also a very exciting year because it's another year of promise and another year of blessing. How many say amen? And if you're older than 35, say amen. amen. We're really blessed. Um, but, you know, we, we celebrated and we had lots of carbs and it was amazing. <laughs> it was just like pasta and bread, everything I hadn't been eating in the last six months. Praise Jesus. We went in. The day was going great, and I think everybody in the room knows, you, you know, you don't really say the woman's age anymore, right? You, there's no need, right, women? Right. No need to tell me how old I am. I know how old I am. You don't need to say it out loud. All my friends did great. But one of my friends, I don't want to say his name, but his name's Dylan. Um, <laughs> he's around the room, and he's just kind of being himself, and he goes, so, Pastor Maribel, 45, huh? The whole room is quiet. And I just stared at him. I took a deep breath. I said, God, give me mercy and grace for this man. But you know what? It was great because it's the truth. Right? You got to swallow the truth and say, you know what? I realize the season I'm in. And realizing the season I'm in also makes me realize the season I'm not in, but it also makes me realize that season I need to prepare for. Somebody's got to tell us the truth. And so we got to learn to recognize, this is my first point today, what season we're in. What season are you in? See, recognizing the season, again, that we're in, in order to see the season that we're not in, but we should be. Maybe we've been stuck in a season too long and God has called us out a long time ago, but we're stuck because we're prideful and we're stubborn. And I'm not saying just you, I'm stubborn. Anybody ever been stubborn with the Lord? Give you an example. When I was 11 years old, I knew I was called to be in ministry, but I was 25, 14 years later when I actually heard from the Lord for the 20th time. That's about how many times God had to speak to me about the same thing. And actually, I was at a camp, and the Lord sent Pastor Eric. Go figure. He was the speaker at that camp. And he came over, and I was on the keyboard, and I was excited. I was leading worship. And you know, you never really pray for the worship team. They're just doing their thing. You're praying for all the other sinners, right? Just kidding. And <laughs> you guys gave me a look. Just kidding. He walks over to me. I'm on the keyboard. And he goes, the Lord says, I spoke to you a year ago and you have not moved. I fell to the ground and I repented for my disobedience. I was stuck in a season because I was enjoying it way too much. And it's that not that God didn't want me to enjoy it, but I was ready for the next thing. 
but I was too comfortable. And it could have been that Joshua was too comfortable in his season. God had called him to lead the people out of, out of Egypt into the promised land. And for seven years, he led the people and they won the land and the territory, many areas. But he was not done with Joshua yet. There was more to do. What has been keeping us from stepping into the season God has for us? This takes listening. See, Joshua had developed an intimate relationship with the Lord. And I can, I can, I can imagine him watching the relationship that his leader Moses had with God. And the Bible says that, that God would meet with Moses face to face. Can you imagine God met with Moses face to face. And I believe that's the same type of relationship Joshua desired to have with the Lord. Because he understood meeting with God was also hearing and listening to the voice of God. God will always speak truth. But we need to learn to have intimacy with him. Not stepping into the season God wants you to step into is actually called disobedience. Not really the word we wanted to hear today, I know, but I got to speak truth, family. This is for my life as well. Not wanting or not walking into the season that God wants us to step into is called disobedience. There's no other way around it. And so maybe, again, things have been comfortable or maybe maybe like Joshua maybe he thought he had reached the pinnacle of his purpose but God shows up and he says I'm not done with you and I know that you rather lead the people in war and in battle but now I'm calling you to be an administrator for me I need you to get this task done I need you to distribute the territories that I have for my people and so I'm going to read Ephesians 1 11 and it says furthermore because we are united with Christ. How many are united with Christ? Come on, raise your hand. You're united with Christ. We have received a what? An inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance. He chose you in advance. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. Not my plan, but his plan. How many know that his plan is better? His plan is better. We are a part of God's plan. Maybe you never heard that. I want to tell you today, there is purpose for your life. Whatever season you're in, there is purpose for your life. Number two, we have to learn to serve in every season. Come on, someone say serve. We've got to learn to serve in every season. God told him. There are still very large areas of land to be taken over. See, every season is a season of serving. And serving is going to look different at different times. At times, it's going to look like you have a mop in your hand. And at times, it's going to look like you're feeding someone on the street. At times, it's going to look like you're welcoming someone at the door. But we all have a purpose in the season that we're in. We gotta learn to serve. First Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. 
as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We have received gifts from the Lord. Those gifts, we are responsible on how to use them and what we do with them. Another gift he's given us is time. Time is a gift from the Lord. How we use our time matters. Why? Because time matters to God. If time didn't matter to God, he would not be speaking to Joshua the way he was speaking to Joshua. The reason why he said you're old wasn't to offend him. He said you're old because he needed to inject some urgency into Joshua's life. He probably was a little bit too comfortable. And it was time to move into a new season. He needed him to continue to do the work God had called them to do. And I believe that's what God is reminding us today. It's time to continue. I know you thought of, of giving up and maybe you've thought, I've served in the church enough. I've done my thing. Someone else needs to do it. I want to tell you today, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. I've met so many people in my lifetime. And I'm not going to say this to be offensive, but if it hurts, then it's the Holy Spirit convicting us. Amen. Met so many people, friends of mine even. Every season since we were teenagers, there's always an excuse. I got sports. I'm on a team. So I, I'm not, I, I don't even know what serving is. I don't have time for it. And then you go to college and you don't have time for it because you're studying. And then you, you go into your career and then you're so busy with your career. You never have time to serve. And then you have a family and now it's too late. Because you're busy with the children and you go from season to season and you never learn how to serve. I want you to know it's time. And this is not something I said. Pastor Eric said it last week to put God in the center of your life again. He needs to be the center. Our world does not revolve around us. How many remember him saying that last week? Our life should revolve around him. He needs to be the center of our life again. Can you give God praise for just a moment? See, we forget. We've been created for God. We've been created for his glory. To bring him honor. To bring him praise. To reflect his glory here on earth. We've been called to be like Jesus. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 17 says, so be very careful how you live. Do not live like those who are not wise, but live wisely. Use every chance you have for doing good because these are evil times. These are evil times. It's time to activate our life once again. Once again. How many grew up in the 70s and 80s? It's okay. Come on. Don't be embarrassed. I'm with you. <laughs> How many remember maybe growing up in church and hearing the words, Jesus is coming back? I mean, every week it was like, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And then we stopped hearing it. Church, we can't forget. We're only here for a moment. Like our life is like the flower. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. We need to make sure the time we have, we use wisely. 
that we are walking in the purpose that God created me for. I saw a post this week, and it, it really caught me by surprise. Um, well, a lot of posts caught me, catch me for surprise, by surprise for many different reasons. But this one was a good surprise. Um, and have a look, Huntington posted this, and it just kind of rocked me this week. And it says, some things don't need prayer. They need discipline. God already told you what to do. You're just procrastinating. Woo, come on. God's already told you to forgive, and you're still like, God, help me forgive this person, Lord. God's already told you to let go of something that happened 25 years ago, and you're like, God, help me forgive this person. And God's already told you what you need to do, but you're sitting in it because it's more comfortable there. I believe God is speaking to us today, and he's calling us out. He's telling us it's time to move forward. It's time to stop praying about it and start acting it, start doing it. Start believing it. How many say amen? amen? We can't procrastinate. We got to go. We got to move. See, what matters to God is not the task. It's our obedience. I'm going to say that again. What matters to God is not the task. It's not what we do. It's the fact that we're doing what we're supposed to do. That's what matters to God. For a season, he was a warrior and for a season, he was an administrator. Didn't matter what the role was. He was doing what God had called him to do. That's what God is expecting from us. Our obedience. He was faithful to the Lord his entire life. How many want to be able for people to say to us, you were faithful to the Lord all your life. And for Jesus to say, for the Lord to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful in every season. My third point, we've got to learn to embrace God's promises in every season. Come on, how many desire the promises of God in your life? You desire the promises of God for your family. Come on, wave at me real quick. You desire that for your life and for your family. And God is telling Joshua, this is the land that remains. I want you to see it. And I want you to see it this morning, family. If, if you're here and you know there's promises for your life, you've lost sight of it. For some reason, whatever reason, I don't care what reason it is, God wants you to see it again. Look at the land that remains. There's so much more for you. I want to read you a quote from one of Charles Spurgeon's sermon when he um, focused on Joshua chapter 13. And he says this, he says, brethren, here's an inheritance so broad and wide and lasting. Why do you not hasten to take it? There is holiness. Do you not want it? There is serenity. Do you not desire it? There is joy unspeakable and full of joy. Do you not wish for it? There is usefulness. Do you not hunger for it? This is the reason why some are so indifferent. They are ignorant. They don't even know that these choice blessings are to be had. 
but all that any child of God was, you may be. All the joy and bliss and holiness ever enjoyed on earth, you may enjoy. The land is before you. Go in to possess it. Do not be without the knowledge of Christ Jesus your Lord, for in him, in him is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Come on, how many want to take those promises for your life? But we have to stop being passive. We've got to live with purpose, family. God spoke to Joshua. And he said, it's, it's urgent. These are urgent times. It's time to walk into your new season. God gave Joshua a list. You know all those names that we loved pronouncing it from verse 2 all the way to verse 7. He gives him a list. And these are the unconquered territories. I want to talk about these for a second. So these are lands that belong to Israel because God said so. And so there was... There was no reason why the enemy had to be there. It was their legal inheritance, but it still needed to be possessed. It belonged to them, but they still needed to take it. Are you following? They still needed to take it. The word inheritance in Hebrew is yarash. Can you say yarash? And it's to come into possession. They needed to yarash. They needed to go in and take what God had given them. See, it's not that God was keeping these from them. God wasn't holding back and playing games with them. He wasn't just like, here it is, just kidding. Here it is, just, God wasn't playing. They were there all along. The blessing was there all along. Israel was too comfortable and too afraid to go into the land and take it. Are you following me, family? They weren't ready for it. So they weren't even trying because they were not ready for it. See, these territories were still being occupied by the lingering pagan enemies. And there were pagan kingdoms and there was pagan worship in these lands. And God called them to go into those lands and drive out their enemy and declare that as their inheritance. I'm going somewhere with this. There's three things I want to tell you today. Three keys to taking what belongs to us. Three keys to taking what belongs to them. The first is we need to be responsible for our own battle. Uh, I want to explain this because some of you are looking at me like, what? God said he was going to drive them out, yes. But God said you need to face your enemy. Right. We are responsible for facing our enemies. We need to stop blaming everybody else and take responsibility for our life. Joshua was no longer going to lead them into these battles. He was distributing the land so that the people would walk into it and lead themselves. The same God that was with Moses was with Joshua, and the same God that was with Joshua is with them. And the same God that's with them is the same God that is with us. He's the same God. He says, come on, yeah, give him praise. 
He's the same God. It took courage and determination to face their enemies. Unless you're ready for battle, don't go there. You got to have courage. You have to have determination. But we got to learn to take responsibility. Amen? Number two, we got to believe God. God said, this is yours. This belongs to you. Some of us have stopped believing that God has anything good for us. Because life is hard. So many different things that we didn't plan for. But God says, you are my child. Therefore, you are an heir of God. You have an inheritance. There's blessing and there's promises for your life. We have to believe that we truly are the children of God. But we also have to learn to trust him. We need to learn to trust him. God said, I will drive them out. You have to face them, but it's going to be me. I'm going to win the battle for you. And these weren't just any soldiers, any, any armies. These were stubborn, lingering enemies. But there is no one greater than our God. There is no one more powerful than our God. There is no demon that is more powerful than our God. And so we want to live in our blessing and our promise. We need to learn to trust him. God was telling them to take possession by an act of simple faith. Faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. They had to believe these promises were truly for them. They had to know their identity. We are the children of God. Amen. And number three, they had to drive out their lingering enemies. Anything in that land that was not of God needed to go. Anything that was not righteous, not holy, needed to go. Believe God's speaking to us today. There are things that have sat here in our life for way too long that need to go. They've been in our heart. They've affected our relationships. They've messed with our mind. We've made bad decisions because we've allowed them to stay here. Can I tell you today, God is a God that is ready to drive them out. He's ready to give us victory today. Whatever is not of God needs to go. We need to do some clearing out today, church. In Jesus' name, shame, guilt, depression, sadness, sin, lust. We need to clear out and establish God's righteousness. It's nothing we have to earn. It's simply given because of grace and because of love. There were some consequences that God had laid down. If this wasn't done, there were consequences to not possessing the land. And Numbers chapter 33, 55 tells us what those consequences were. And it says, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, those you allow to remain. This is so good will become barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides. They will give you trouble in the land where you 
will live. They will give you trouble in the land where you live. They were able to establish there, but they did not clear out. They did not clear out. And so anything that is not cleared out was a thorn on their side and brought them trouble. God doesn't want us to live in that. He wants us to live in his blessing. But there are things that haven't been defeated in our life. And so we suffer consequences over and over. And it's passed on from generation to generation to generation. Whatever we don't drive out will affect you and the following generations. I want you to really catch this. If you don't catch anything else, catch this. And I'm going to use two examples of the lands and territories that they did not take possession of. Gaza and Gath. Territories that never got conquered. Gaza was the place where Samson was deceived and lost his life. They shamed him. They mocked him. became a fool in the eyes of the Philistines see the only reason why Samson went to that land was to try to do what Israel could not get done we find that in the next book in Judges he suffered the consequences of something that his forefathers could not defeat and he lost his life. And then we go to Gath, which was the birthplace of Goliath. Which David, we learned later, had to face in Gath. See, the only reason David had to face him, we go to the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17, was because it was undealt with before. Are you following me? I know we all love that story and David killed Goliath and this amazing powerful moment in the Bible but honestly it should have happened earlier but because someone else didn't do it David stepped up and did it and maybe that's happened in your family and maybe you're David in your family and it's time for you to stand up and it's time for you to believe God's promises and it's time to walk in victory and lift our head up and stop living in the last season and live in a season of victory and of power. Because that's what God has called us to. You can stand with me, family. How many are receiving the message today? See, this generation. I know there's a lot of naysaying about this generation and things are so bad and things are so terrible. Can I tell you, you and I can make a difference. You and I can do something about that. We need to have people that are actually walking in their purpose and in the giftings that God has given us. We need to be working in power and moving in power. But there is nothing, there is nothing that I can do without Him. He is my strength. He is my protector. He is my shield. 
And so there's a season ahead of us today. And for some of us, it's, it's time. It's time of letting go of everything that's been holding us back and choosing to walk in his plan and his purpose today. If you could just close your eyes in this room. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.